0: What's up, guys? Special Operation box podcast episode today. Castlevon Knights football program. We have a game tonight. And I was doing some reading this morning, and it got me really fired up. And I just thought I'd share it with you. And I hope it does the same for you or impacts you in some kind of positive way. This is written by Pat Riley from his book, The Winner Within, A Life Plan for Team Players. Riley, of course, former NBA player, uh, coaching legend, Los Angeles Lakers, New York Knicks, Miami Heat, Heat executive. I'll put, highly recommend this book. It's one of those that I've dog-eared over the years, and I'll put a copy in the link below, and this point of the book is Riley is getting prepared to talk to his team before Game 2 of the 1985 NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. Of course, the legendary Celtics-Lakers rivalry. And to put some context on the situation, uh, the Celtics had won the, in the Finals the year before. The Lakers had been on mission all year to overcome that championship defeat. And they got to Game 1 of the Finals, and they got annihilated. Crazy score, 148-114. to 114. It became known as the Memorial Day Massacre, and the part that I'm reading here is Riley getting ready to talk to his team before Game 2. Every now and then you have your back pushed up against a wall, that proverbial wall. Yes, it's real. It seems there's nobody you can depend on but yourself. That's how the Lakers felt about facing this showdown. If we lost... The choke reputation would be chiseled into stone, a permanent verdict. If we won, we had the opportunity to prove that we could keep on winning. We weren't facing machine gun fire, but by warrior athlete standards, it was a do or die situation. I faced Kareem Abdul-Jabbar directly and said, "I've known you since we played against each other, and since we played against each other in high school." When I saw you and your father on the bus today, it made me realize that this whole moment, what this whole whole moment is about. You spent a lot of time with Big Al today. Maybe you needed that voice. Maybe each and every one of us in this room needs to hear that kind of voice right now. The voice of your dad. The voice of a teacher. The voice of somebody in the past who was there when you didn't think you could get the job done. I know there's a lot of you in in here who probably don't think you can win today. A lot of you don't think you can beat the Celtics, and it's been proven. And it's been proven. The record is undeniable. I want each and every one of you to close your eyes, just sit back and listen. And they did. I had their total undivided attention. I started to talk to them about my past and my father. When I was 9 years old, my dad told my brothers, Lee and Lenny, to take me down to Lincoln Heights and get me involved in the basketball games. They would throw me into a game and I would get pushed, shoved, and beat up. Day after day, I ran home crying and hid in the garage. I didn't want anything to do with basketball. This went on for two or three weeks. One night, I didn't come to the dinner table, so my dad got up and walked out to the garage where he found me hunkered down in a corner. He picked me up, put his arm around me, dusted me off, and then he walked me into the kitchen. My brother Lee was upset with him. Why do you make us take him down there? He doesn't want to play. He's too young. My father stood up and staring at Lee said, I want you to take him down there because I want you to teach him not to be afraid, that there should be no fear. Teach him that competition brings out the very best and the very worst in us. Right now it's bringing out the worst, but if he sticks with it, it's going to bring out the best. He then looked at his 9-year-old, teary-eyed son and said, Pat, you have to go back there. And I told the players, I thought I was never going to be able to get over being hurt and afraid. But eventually I did get over it. And before too long, I was sending other kids home to their garages to lick their wounds. That's what competition is about. That's what the Celtics in Boston Garden are offering up today. I told my players of a time I saw my father in 1970. It was at my wedding. He and my mom were leaving the reception and we were and we were excuse me. He and my mom were leaving the reception and we were about to start our honeymoon. He and I had been talking all day about my career. I had just been cut by the San Diego Rockets. The Portland Trailblazers, another expansion club, had invited me and twenty-nine other players to their training camp. This looked like my last shot. I was five thousand dollars in debt and I was about to take on the responsibilities of marriage. It was a great day, but I needed a voice. As his car was driving away, my father yelled at me, PAT! His arm came out first, gesturing, then his head. I begin to chase after the slow moving car to hear, just remember what I taught you. There will come a time, and when that time comes, you go out there and kick somebody's ass. This is that time, Pat. Every now and then, there comes a place, excuse me, every now and then, there comes a day where Sometime, you simply have to plant your feet, stand firm, and make a point about who you are and what you believe in. I told them that I did not realize as the car pulled away that those were the last words I would hear my father say. He died soon afterward. It was his message that I gave the Lakers that day. It came from the heart. It was inspired by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and his father and how they connected with each other. As I was relating this moment, I was slowly pacing back and forth and staring at the ceiling, locked into the image of my father's face. When I looked back at the players, Cooper was crying. A couple of other guys looked like they were about to start. The talk was affecting the team, not unlike the deer hunter had struck Jan Scruggs. Both messages had provided a leading voice. I don't know what it's going to take for us to win tonight, I said. But I do believe that we're going to go out there like warriors, and that would make our fathers proud. We went out and won the game 109 to 102, which sounds close, but it really was no contest. Through its entire course, I never had any fears about losing. We were always in control. Anytime the Celtics tried to assert themselves, Kareem was right there. 37 points, 19 rebounds, 6 block shots. A brilliant performance, a complete reversal. returned to his best form. After the game when reporters came around, Kareem got in the last word. Contrary to public opinion, the demise of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was greatly exaggerated. We won three of the next four games and the 1985 championship became ours. Seven times in Laker history, the NBA Finals had been lost to those adversaries. Now the Celtic myth was slain and the choke image with it. During the offseason, Michael Cooper told me that the pregame message had gone so deep for him that the score was already 5 to nothing before the game started. For those who don't know, Cooper had a grievous leg wound as a little boy, an ugly cut through muscle tissue. Doctors didn't think he'd ever walk right again, let alone become an athlete. He was sustained to those times by a wonderful mother and a devoted, excuse me. He was sustained those times by a wonderful mother and devoted uncles. So he heard voices from his most profound inner reaches. All of us have at least one great voice deep inside. People are products of their environments. A lucky few are born into situations in which positive messages abound. Others, others growing up hear too many messages of fear and failure, which they must block out so the positive can be heard. But the positive and courageous voice will always emerge, somewhere, sometime, for all of us. Listen for it and your breakthroughs will come. When Jan Scruggs made his objective come true, he helped an entire nation surpass its limits. On November 13, 1982, Veterans Day, he was able to watch dedication services performed for the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. He walked the length of the wall where more than 58,000 war dead are individually memorialized. The high rollers had donated. The stars of politics and show business had thrown in their support, but most of the millions had come in modest amounts, $20 or less, from Americans of average means, people like himself, people like Scruggs, and like the Lakers, who planted their feet, stood firm, and made a point about who they were and what they believe in. Breakthroughs happen in every aspect of life but business breakthroughs are more likely to come from the head than the heart. Often they entail defining old problems in new ways, or the road to fresh solutions wouldn't even occur to you. There is an old saying, writes McKinsey consultant Kenichi Ome in the Harvard Business Review, that to a man with a hammer, all problems look like nails. How rich is your toolkit? Omey goes on to ask. How willing? I would add, are you going to stretch your mind and to listen to the seasoned voice of your own intuition? End quote. And to talk about the Jan Scruggs reference, he was talking about a gentleman, he said a story in there. uh, Scruggs is the guy that got the Vietnam Memorial started, and that's kind of an incredible story in itself on on how he had that idea in his head and how he turned it to fruition, but a couple takeaways that I really want you to think about from this amazing Pat Riley passage is those last words that his dad said to him. As his car was driving away, my father yelled at me, Pat, his arm came out first gesturing, then his head. I began to chase after the slow-moving card to hear. Just remember what I taught you. There will come a time, and when that time comes, you go out there and kick somebody's ass. This is that time, Pat. Every now and then, there comes a place, there comes a day, where someplace, sometime, you simply have to plant your feet, stand firm, and make a point about who you are and what you believe in. And that is what I want you to think about as we wrap up this short episode. I hope this was as impactful to you as it is to me. And when is that day? Where is that place? When is that time for you where you have to simply plant your feet, stand firm, and make a point about who you are and what you believe in? And for you, maybe that day is today. For Casemar football, for us, hopefully that day is tonight. I appreciate you listening as always, and I will talk to you soon.